Uh, Isn't it true that sometimes life can take odd twists and turns? I mean, uh, sometimes these these changes in our in our in our uh, lives can be um, exciting. Uh, You might uh, get a windfall of money. Ever had one of those? Ever would like to have one of those? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Sometimes it's a a new job, a new exciting opportunity you never expected you would get, and. uh, Sometimes these changes, these twists, these turns in life can be um, painful. They can result with a loss, a, a, a personal failure. Um, then I, I've been through times, maybe you've been through times like this, where the, uh, something happens and it's just kind of confusing. You ever been there? Why is this going on? Why am I going through this right now? What does it mean to my future? No doubt, each one of us can look back over our lives and we see times where something happened that uh, changed the entire rest of our life, changed the entire trajectory of where our life was heading, brought new relationships, changed careers, all because of one thing. I remember when I was in high school, I uh, wanted to go to this particular college. I applied for a scholarship that I just knew I would get. (laughs) Don't you love high school seniors? (laughs) They turned me down. I decided, well, okay, let me, maybe that's not where God wants me to go. I made an application for other colleges, went to a college, uh, the opposite direction of that college, ended up making new friends, new relationships. One of those people knew a girl down in Bryan, Texas, and I got introduced to a girl down in Bryan, Texas that I married. All because I didn't get a scholarship. You see what I'm saying? Life can have unexpected twists and turns when we look back we go oh I see where God was working and moving all the time the Bible is full of stories just like that strange twists turns in people's lives just because he is moving them in places to accomplish his purposes and I think of Abraham Abraham going about his life just normally and all of a sudden he's going to be the patriarch of this great nation the Jewish nation I think of Joseph Sold into slavery by his brothers. That's not good, right? Falsely accused of sexual misconduct. That's not good, right? Thrown in solitary confinement for two years. That's not good. And God uses it because he has a strategic plan to place Joseph in a place of favor in Egypt that when the famine comes, he is there to save the nation of Israel, his own family. And then there's Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, talk about unexpected twists and turns, right? This peasant girl, which probably 13 or 14 years of age, when her life changes forever. Let's read it, Luke 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, the sixth month is the sixth month of Elizabeth's, which we read about last week, her pregnancy, was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. 
Sometimes I, I, I just marvel at the understatement of the Scripture. <laughs> she was very perplexed. You think, right? At this statement and kept pondering. Pondering may be a, a passive word for what she was doing. Uh, what kind of salutation this was? An angel. Highly favored one. The Lord is with you. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Once again, the angel leads with what? Don't be afraid. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Again, don't you think Gabriel practiced that? I mean, he has some great speeches here in the first part of Luke. And Mary's thinking about this, right? And she says to the angel, how can this be? Since I am a virgin. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child will, shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. And then remember verse 37, the rest of your days. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen? <laughs> and Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Uh, before I make the points that I want to make about this passage, I just want to make this point. God's will can be highly disruptive to your life. You think? I think of a young woman I've recently met who, um, she just graduated from A&M and uh, while she was there she took a class in Arabic and not sure exactly why she took Arabic but she decided to take Arabic and it opened the door for her to take a trip to Jordan and uh, while she's in Jordan, God places his call upon her life and says, I want you to give your life to the Jordanian people. I want you to return upon graduation and uh, serve as a missionary. She's done that. And we as a church have helped her financially to get started. She's single, 23 years old, in Jordan. Not what she had planned, but she couldn't be more thrilled because she's walking in the will of the Lord for her life. I think of another young family. Uh, they're raising four kids in Austin, and uh, one day, they, they, for whatever reason, since that God is calling them uh, of the Holy Spirit to go and take their four kids, uh, three of them teenagers, one an older child, and uh, we want you to move to Dubai to love and minister to the people there. So they uprooted their family, and they moved to Dubai, and... Uh, our church has been part of their support team from the very beginning. And I said it last week in the message, and I'm going to say it again today. There is no greater blessing than living in agreement with God's plan for your life. There's just not. There's no greater fun. 
I mean, there's days of struggle, and there's days of, of, of turmoil, and there's obstacles to overcome, but there is no greater place to be than right in the middle of his plan for your life. And when you think of Mary, this is just the beginning, we know, right? This is just the beginning of God's will for her life. I mean, it's opening the door to an entire future for her. She does conceive of the Holy Spirit and finds that in the late term of her pregnancy, she and Joseph have to do what? They have to travel to Bethlehem. You know how far it is from Nazareth to Bethlehem? I looked it up. 80 miles. No buses, no cars, no trains. Donkeys. That's what you got. They finally, after 80 miles on the back of a donkey, sleeping at night, out in who knows where, they make it to Bethlehem, and guess what? No place to stay, right? But this is all part of what? God's plan. Really? I mean, if I were Mary, I would have a discussion with him, right? Really? Jesus is born. Heaven arrives. Mary raises him, the Messiah. What a privilege to be the mother of God, right? Then one day, she releases him out into his ministry. For three years, he is serving the needs of those around him. And then one day on, on a Passover, she finds herself in Jerusalem. And what is she watching? She's watching her dearly beloved son hang on a cross. All of it, God's will. Heaven just doesn't operate like earth. It just doesn't. It, it, it's, it's always this laser focus on eternity. It's always this laser focus on how this situation fits into the eternal plan, the grand design, the mission of Christ. Not temporary, passing Moments where we desire comfort and release and lack of worry and no fear. We just want this little thing to be better and God's got this whole vision. And because of the conflict between what heaven brings and the way earth operates, His will can be highly disruptive to the normal ways of life that we have and... Uh, and I say that because the more we get that, the more our life agrees with Him and the more blessed is our journey. If you imagine the scene, young Mary going about her business, the angel appears and gives her this heavenly message. And uh, I think one thing we can learn from this is that God will reveal His will to us when it's his time to do so. Uh, sometimes it's, it, it, it's, it might even be before we're ready. 
And uh, sometimes we may be praying and praying and praying, I want to do your will, I want to do your will, please speak to me, tell me what to do. And uh, there's reason for the waiting sometimes. There's reason for the delay sometimes. But here's the underlying point. We don't have to figure out God's will. He reveals it. We don't have to go on some uh, investigative journey to try to read tea leaves to see what it is that I'm supposed to do. I, 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 I say that because I hear people often say, I just don't know what God wants me to do. If He'll tell me, I'll do it. And uh, they're all nervous. And I just say, relax. That's God's responsibility. He's probably not going to send Gabriel to you. He might, I don't know, but uh, it's his responsibility to let you know when it, and what and how and where, and he wants you joining up with what he's doing. He'll reveal it when he is good and ready when it's right for you. And most of the time, people get all confused because they think God's will... Get this, they believe that God's will is to help them choose the right college and uh, find the right career and uh, do the path that He would most bless my life, that would make me the happiest through the rest of my life. We get that picture, that's God's will. He is here to make sure that I have the right path to enjoy the greatest blessing on my terms. And I'm here to proclaim God's will is always about God's plan. It's not about your comfort. It's not about your happiness. Just think of Mary and Joseph and countless others. We grow up thinking that uh, life is all about us and God's role is to help us with us. <laughs> And God is always up to something and is always inviting and wanting to engage us in what it is that He is doing. And no, God, it doesn't work that way. You're supposed to be engaged in what I'm doing. And He's going, no. So the bottom line is we don't try to coerce His will out of Him, just be close to Him and Understand who He is in your life and make yourself continually available. Lord, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll have any conversation. I will be at your disposal. Just uh, when you call, I will go. I got to tell you this. You got to think outside of the box when it comes to God's will. And the reason is because because he does. <laughs> Verse 34, angel, uh, Mary asked the angel, how can this be? I've not been with a man. I'm a virgin. Mary is very aware of biology here. <laughs> and she is wondering, I don't understand this. This is totally different than what we looked at last week with Zacharias. Zacharias, when the angel spoke to him, he told the angel why it can't be true, why what you're saying can't happen. That's, what, that's unbelief. That's not what this is. This is just getting clarification. How is this going to work, Gabriel? 
So here's the point. We can ask God for more information. He's okay with it. <laughs> Sometimes the will of the Lord is revealed to us, and I don't, I don't see how that's going to work. And Okay. Sometimes we go to him and we say, Lord, I would like more information. In fact, I, in fact I'd like the whole plan right now. And he says, well, mm, I'll show you. I'll show you. You ever get that from God? <laughs> Lord, I need answers. Okay, just, I'll show you. Let's go. Yeah. For Mary, the angel gave her information that, uh, I'm not sure she really fully understood what the angel said, even after she got more information. <laughs> Can you imagine being a woman receiving the Holy Spirit will overshadow you? What does that mean? I mean, I can only imagine the questions in her mind. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my body? I don't, I don't get this. And sometimes God's plan just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like it even makes sense sometimes. Why would I do that? You ever been there with God's will? You feel like you're being called to do something? Why would I do that? Because He's calling He'll provide for it. He'll resource it. He'll go before you. You remember Joshua? One of the great stories of the Old Testament is Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, right? Joshua 6. And the Lord <laughs> speaks to Joshua, uh, and the Lord reveals this great battle plan. He tells them, uh, he tells Joshua, you know, you lead the people around the walled city of Jericho and you, for six days, you march around that city one time. You tell them to be quiet when they do it. On the seventh day, I want you to walk around it seven times and I want you to get seven of your priests and get them with seven trumpets. And after you walk around it seven times, I want you to have those seven priests blow those seven trumpets as loud as you can and then you tell all the people of Israel to yell as loud as they can. I often think about Joshua because he got this message by himself. I, can, I often think of Joshua on the, on the walk back to tell the rest of them. Okay, here's the plan. Do you get the humor in that? Here's the plan. We're going to walk around this city quietly for once, six days in a row, on the seventh day, you seven guys get trumpets, and we're going to walk around quietly for seven times, blow the trumpets, and yell really loud. You got it? I think if I were Joshua, I would have stopped for a moment, and not to be um, confrontive with God, but I would have at least said, now I want to make sure I have this straight right? You want this? And, uh, you sure? Right? It is okay to have conversations with the Lord about what He's calling you to do. He's okay with it. Well, this, some, some examples. What if the Lord asks you and really presses upon your heart to, uh, as Dino was talking about, to just be openly generous? 
and, and you have difficulty making ends meet at the end of the month. And, uh, but there's just, just this, this call of the Lord, and you just know as you're in prayer, there's just this, there's this need that He just wants you to give to. And, uh, and you have this conversation with Him, Lord, I don't see how this is going to work. And, He, he, he calls you, in, you, you don't know why, but you have this heart for a particular ministry that he wants you to be in and be involved with, and you say, I don't have the skills, I have no experience, I have no history with that, I, I don't know. Lord, could you help me here a little bit, and uh, what's your plan here? And I'm available, I'm yours, I'll do whatever you want me to, and uh, really, this Again, folks, I'm telling you, it's just not personal experience, but from so many biblical examples, if you want to walk in the will of the Lord, you have to think outside the box because He usually does. The angel closes his message with this resounding, famous verse, for nothing will be impossible with God. It is this declaration that you can trust Him he will do what He says He will do. He will resource what He calls you to do. And you can believe it. And that's the point. We believe God. He expects that. He expects this faith to be placed in Him. And like I said last week, I think the heart of God melts when people believe in Him. <laughs> My God can do anything. My God can resource what He's calling me to do. Joshua and Caleb mentality. We can go. I don't care how big they are. God is with us. We can take them. I mean, don't you think the Lord knows how hard it is sometimes for us to go and digest the will that He is calling us to? Especially, like in Mary's situation, you're calling me to do what? That requires a miracle. I don't have the money to do that. That's going to take a miracle. He knows that. And probably that's the point. <laughs> but with God... Anything is possible. I remember the day when Cindy and I were told by a doctor, you're never going to have biological kids. It would take a miracle for you to have kids. Devastating. We digested that. Eventually, we started down the path of adoption. And um, I got to tell you, as we began, I was skeptical about... Uh, about it all because I had heard the stories of how hard it is and how expensive it is and how long it takes. And... But I don't know, there was something inside of me as we moved towards it, I thought, God can do this. Maybe He's giving me a sense of this verse. Nothing's impossible with me. I'll open doors that you didn't know I could open. And so we walked through that door and um, our first appointment with the agency was in early, of, early February 1987. We had to go through all this paperwork. If you've adopted kids, you know what it's like. Home study after home study, paperwork after paperwork, references, all these references, all these people had to vouch for our character. Can you imagine if we had to do that with all parents today? <laughs> If 
Finally, mid-August, six months later, it took six months, six months later, mid-August, they said, everything was in, we reviewed it, you've been approved, and now you're on the list to be selected as adoptive parents. You're on the list. Mid-August. September 10th. You have a new baby boy, and he's waiting for you to come and pick him up. He's a week old. Early September. Early February. Seven months. Takes the rest of you nine. Amen? God can do the impossible. Do you believe that today? The challenge you face, do you believe that God can work a miracle, that God can do the impossible in your situation? What is that situation where you just need to hear nothing is impossible for God? But if you want to see God do amazing and impossible things, you're going to have to what? Think outside the box. Because he usually does. Mary, one of the great statements of faith. May it be done to me according to your word. Young teenager, can you believe that? Such faith. I'm with you, God. I'm walking in your path for my life. And uh, we adjust our life to God's will. And he loves it. He loves it. You're a part of what I'm doing. (laughs) You're engaged in my mission. Your life is never going to be the same because you have made the choice not to live for yourself, but to be a part of this grand adventure with me. Mary did not say what sometimes we might have a tendency to say, well, this really doesn't fit into Joseph and I's family plans. Right? No, if this is what you want. Yeah, I know it's disruptive. I know it's going to be highly disruptive. I know my life will never be the same. And I'm here to tell you, because of Mary's choice, our life is never the same. Our life has never been the same. I remember back in the 90s, the first time I read this book, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Many of you have probably read it. It changed the way I think about so much of my journey with Jesus. And uh, in that book, he makes the point that every time the Lord reveals his will to us, he calls it, you have a crisis of belief. You want me to do what? Right? I can't do that. I don't have the resources for that. Are you going to believe? That what he's called you to do, he can do. He's not calling you to work out of your own resources. (laughs) He's calling you to a plan that will will require his resources. He then says that uh, to do God's will, 
requires, after the crisis of belief, okay, I'm going to go with you, God, an adjustment in your life. In other words, I have to adjust my path in order to align with what God is calling me to do. I have to change plans. One of the famous phrases from the book is this, you can't stay where you are and go with God. You just can't. You can't be living for yourself and continually seeking your own things and then go with where He wants you to go. And isn't that true for Mary? I mean, talk about adjustments to one's life, right? We have to see our lives through heaven's perspective. Why is it that we have been placed on this planet for this finite amount of time? Why is it that we are here right now in this place, in this city, in this church? What is it that God is doing and how is He wanting to engage us in what He is doing in the world? He's always working to accomplish His will. He's always wanting us to join Him in what it is that He's doing. And He wants us to adjust our lives to become a part of this great, grand, glorious story of His redemptive purposes. And i got to tell you, you never get there if your mindset every day is your career, your money, your stuff, your retirement. How, oh God, I need you to help me get there. Does that ever happen today in the Christian world? I always say this because I need to hear this over and over. You've heard me say this. I have a will. He has a will. I know his is better. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Do you know his is better? I mean, every day, if you're, maybe I'm the blockhead here, I don't know, but I, I have to tell myself that every single day when I want, I want, I want. I, I want to do this. I, I, your will's better than mine. What is it that you want? I'll be happier with your will. I'll be more fulfilled with your will. I'll be more productive, more fruitful. Everything goes right with your will. I want to be with your will. You think of Mary on the journey. The joy of the angel appearance now is months old. It's a distant memory. She's now working out the plan of God. She's pregnant, very pregnant. I don't guess there's any way to not be anything but very pregnant, right? You know, you can't be sort of pregnant. <laughs> Her last trimester, let's say, on a donkey for 80 miles. Think about that, women. Uncomfortable doesn't begin to describe it. It's hard. And I'm here to tell you, and you know this, many times, most times, the work of the Lord involves struggle. It just does. It's, it's, we're battling an enemy. We're fighting a war. And you think of Mary on those nights during the donkey journey. You think of the day of the arrival in Bethlehem and the 
scrambling for a place to stay and nobody will let you and everybody can see how pregnant you are but they still aren't going to let you have a place and uh, and it's all God's plan and that rattles my cage a little bit folks because I think that there's a part of us that wants to believe that if I'm walking in God's plan it's all going to be rainbows and unicorns you know what I mean <laughs> it's just uh, it's just going to be awesome and really it, there's an awesomeness there's a joy about it but it's not necessarily easy and the struggle is purposeful it draws us back to him I need you today. I need you for this day. This donkey is so uncomfortable. <laughs> Walk with me today. Strengthen me today. And I think of the Christmas season, and you and I both know that Christmas holidays can be difficult for many families, right? And uh, confusion, and there's emotions and heartache. It uh, may just lie under the surface the rest of the year, and then all of a sudden the holidays come, and what are we going to do? And we're going to have to face this, and... Uh, God, what are you doing? How are you going to work in the middle of this? And you could be right where God wants you. And yet it can be tough. And you know what we need when, when there's the tensions rise and the worry or the fear and the, the struggle? You know what we need most in those moments? him there's, there's nothing that the nearness of Jesus cannot heal there's nothing the nearness of Jesus cannot heal why don't you bow your heads with me Father I don't know who this message was for today besides me. But I know, Father, that there is this call to faith that is consistent and constant in our lives and our journey with you. And there are seasons of our life where we begin to think that we're rocking along pretty good and we can uh, pull back a little bit and we can coast a little bit. Or, and then there's times where we're just crying out to you day and night, Lord... Show me the way, Lord, show me the way. And Lord, you know where every person in this room is, and you know the journey that they're on, and you know the confusion they face perhaps, and perhaps they're in a place of, of just kind of rocking along, and uh, all the bills are paid, there's a lot of money in the bank, and uh, able to do what they want to do, and, and yet there's a dryness, and... Uh, I pray, Father, for a new glorious adventure with your will today. I pray for a call to us to adjust our lives to what it is that you want, to use Mary as this example of what it means to adjust one's life to follow and be a part of this grand mission of God in the world. And you're calling each and every one of us. And Father, I pray as we walk forward through this season that we will see God's story after God's story being told and written relationships that are healed and things that are faced and reconciled and 
that the glory of the Lord is shining in our families and in our church life, Father God. May your spirit take hold deeply within us. In Christ's name we pray, amen.